The first reading today is taken from Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 to 15, and can be found on page 970 of the Church Bibles. Starting at verse 9. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Morning. My name is Stephen. I'm the youth minister here at Westminster Church, and we're carrying on our series in the Lord's Prayer, which I've been loving. I hope you have to, um, it's on my heart real good, so be excited for this. Um, and just to give you a bit of background about me, I used to work at Goldstone Primary School. And part of my job was a mealtime supervisor, which is basically a dinner lady. So, so I, I was a dinner lady, and I was in charge of the playground. That was my area. And I was basically a playground counsellor. They'd come with their issues, and I'd sit there, listen, and then go and sort them out like in my head, maybe. But... Um, I thought I'd give you a flavour of some of the issues that I faced, just to get you yeah, feeling what it's like to be a, a dinner lady yourself. So it might have been, one of them was a classic talent show rift. So girls preparing for the school talent show, they're planning their dance and their choreography, they're getting their hairstyle ready, and suddenly disagreements over music, disagreements over who should be in the, in, in the group, disagreements over the dance routine, and it causes a massive split, half on one side, half on the other side. Bad stuff. Oh, another one. Um, year six boys, um, they come to me because a year six boy was talking to a girl that another boy liked. Scandalous. And they come to me, Mr. D, Mr. D, Mr. D. I'd sit there, I'd listen, and I'd say, right, let's go and sort this out. And usually I'd hear things like this. No! I, I don't want to speak to them ever again. You cannot make me forgive them. They always betray me. He's hurt me way too deep this time. I will not forgive him. And I love young children because they, they say exactly what they're thinking. Uh, I mean, for us, those same thoughts go around our heads, don't they, when, when someone hurts us. We'll, we'll think to ourselves, I'm not forgiving them. Like, she doesn't deserve my forgiveness. She's crossed the line. There's no way I'm forgiving her. Or we'll say, why should I forgive him? He has hurt me so deep this time. Because forgiveness and forgiving others is hard, isn't it? And our next bit of the Lord's Prayer, as we also have forgiven our debtors, well, it cuts to the heart of forgiveness. And Jesus shows us how we can forgive. So let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that your word is living and active. As we uh, look at it and, uh, Lord, read this Lord's Prayer and look deeply into it, Father, please change our lives. Would you change our lives so that we may be forgiving people in this church? Amen. Um, you may have noticed in the reading that Jesus mentions forgiving others twice. Like This is the only part of the Lord's Prayer that Jesus repeats. In verse 12, he says, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And then again in verse 14 and 15, he says, for if you forgive others. Like Jesus, he's repeating it for a big, big reason. Um, anything in the Bible that is repeated, by the way, it's worth looking out for that. Like when you're reading the Bible at home, look out for, for repeated bits. They're really important generally. And this part of the Lord's Prayer is so important because it reminds us that Christians must forgive others. 
Christians must be guys. It's like Jesus gets a highlighter out and scrapes the highlights it. He underlines it, bolds it, italics it, and then changes the font and says, look, listen up. Christians must forgive others. This is hugely important. And because it's so important, we're going to spend 30 seconds just thinking. 30 seconds on our own thinking, is there anyone that I have not forgiven? Is there anything that I have not forgiven? Um, and if you've got an activity pack, this is your chance to get the stone out that's in the bag. Please don't throw it around. There's no risk assessment for throwing stones in the church at the moment. But, but you get the stone out, get the sharpie out, and why not write on the stone the name of someone or something you haven't forgiven? We'll come to those later, but we'll spend 30 seconds thinking, is there anyone I haven't forgiven? Christians must forgive others. Um, on the screen there, that's a tin of Heinz baked beans. Like We in Britain, we love baked beans, don't we? Beans on toast, a British delicacy. People from other countries are like, what on earth is this? How is that a dish? It's just some weird beans and red sauce on toast. It's horrible. But we love it. And like our family, we, we absolutely love baked beans. Except for one thing. One thing we don't love. The mess they leave on the pan. On this pan are four-day-old baked bean stains. Now, let, let, let me investigate for you, if you've never had, had, this, had this woe before. they got a fruity smell firstly, but, but then we look closely. They are crusty. They are festering and stuck on there. They are not coming out with some serious elbow grease. Because like, the longer you leave a baked bean stain, the harder it is to remove. And the longer you leave it, the harder it is to remove. And I think this is one of the reasons that Jesus tells us to forgive others. Because bitterness and unforgiveness, it festers and it crusts. And the longer you leave it, the harder it is to remove. Have you noticed that? Like unforgiveness, it festers. And not only that, but bitterness and unforgiveness, it also spreads. Um, I've been reading Esther in the Bible um, a little side note, but do read Esther in the Bible. It's one of the most awesome books of the Bible. When you get home tonight in your homes, read it. It's incredible. But in Esther, there's a guy called Haman. And Haman, he hates a man called Mordecai. And he doesn't forgive him. And he's chatting to his friends and his wife. And his attitude spreads to them. So that his wife ends up saying, Ask the king to have Mordecai impaled on a pole. Like, she wants to kill Mordecai because his bitterness and unforgiveness spreads to her. Unforgiveness festers and spreads. The longer you leave it, the harder it is to remove. And so here are a couple of signs that unforgiveness is festering, like those baked beans. Uh, Do you say always or never? Uh, As in, Frank always gets angry over stupid things. Or or, or, at least she never says sorry. Or or, um, are you holding a grudge with, uh, with someone so that you can only ever point out the faults in them and never see the good? See, those are signs of festering unforgiveness. We must forgive others because unforgiveness festers and spreads. We must also forgive others because we will be sinned against. It is as inevitable as drizzle in England that we will be sinned against. People will sin against us. Look at Matthew 6 verse 14. Jesus says, forgive other people when they sin against you. It's a when, not an if. Like Jesus is saying, people will sin against us. 
And this comes as a pair with verse 11, forgiving others, uh, which is daily bread. It's like Jesus is saying, like, it's going to be a regular, near daily occurrence that people are going to sin against us. Even here at Bishop Harrington Church. Like, you might be new here and you might be thinking, this church is lovely, everyone is great, everyone's so kind and nice to me. Let me tell you, we aren't. Like, we aren't. If we haven't already, we will let you down because we're not perfect in this church. We will say something, do something that will hurt you or upset you. And so this part of the Lord's Prayer is so important because it reminds us not to expect perfection from each other. We will sin against each other, so, so, so please have lots of grace and forgiveness with each other. Like, I want BH to be known as a forgiving church. Like, we're filled with people who forgive often and lovingly. From, from, from young to old, we forgive. Where at BH, it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to mess up because we'll forgive each other. Like, how awesome would that be, to be known as a forgiving church? See, Christians must forgive others because we will be sinned against. Uh, And we also must forgive others for the big reason Jesus lays out in verse 14. He says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. There's a sense in which our being forgiven depends on our ability to forgive. Our forgiveness depends on our ability to, ability to forgive. I'll come on to that more in a bit later. But, but first, um, John Wesley, he tells of a meeting he had with a man. A, a man well known for his unbending, unforgiving nature. And Wesley went to meet this man and this man boasted. He said, John, I never forgive. And Wesley replied, then, sir, I hope you never sin. See, Christians must forgive others because our forgiveness, it depends on it. And so this part of the Lord's Prayer, it reminds us that Christians must forgive others. And we'll see some more of it later. Our second reading is Matthew 18, verse 21 to 35. And... Our team of highly trained actors will be reenacting this parable from Jesus as I read, so watch them and feel the emotion of this parable. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but seventy-seven times. Therefore, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and children and all that he had to be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees He begged. The servant's master took pity on him, cancelled the debt and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. 
he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servants just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Let's clap our actions here. Wonderful stuff. The BH Jurassic Committee is coming back together. Um, <laughs> um, on the screen here, this, or it will be, is... Oh, there's a picture of Lizzie going to be on the screen now. This is my wife, Lizzie. Um, some of you may know her. She uh, comes to church. She's not here this morning. But one of the uh, awesome things about Lizzie is that she forgives me over and over and over again. Like, I make a lot of mistakes, and she keeps forgiving me. Like, like when I elbow her in the face at night, she forgives me. Um, probably too much information for Sunday morning, but those smelly farts I do, she forgives those too. Um, and when we were dating, I made her a disgusting pea risotto. Like, she hates peas. And yet she married me and forgave me. Amazing. Like, this is awesome. And I asked her, why do you keep forgiving me? And she said to me, Stephen, of course I can forgive you because I'm no better than you are. I'm no better than you are. See, for Lizzie, she recognized that forgiving others starts, it starts with us. It starts by remembering how much we have been forgiven. Like in the Lord's Prayer, if you notice, we ask for God's forgiveness first for our sins before we even start thinking about forgiving others. We remember that God has forgiven us absolutely huge so we can forgive others. As forgiven people then, Christians must forgive others. As forgiven people, Christians must forgive others. I mean, in our drama, Matthew uh, 18, that first servant had a debt of 10,000 bags of gold. Like, in today's money, that's a lot of money. Like, zillions and zillions of pounds. Here's a rough guess on the screen. Um, I can't even pronounce that number, so I'm not even going to bother trying. But it's massive debt. The point is, this is a debt that, that he could never, ever, ever pay off. And that's what makes it even more remarkable what the king does. There in verse 27, have a little look. The master took pity on him, cancelled the debt, and let him go. He gets rid of the debt completely, complete, total forgiveness. From jail, he gets life. Amazing. And then the servant goes off, finds another servant who owed him a little bit of money. Um, verse 28, 100 silver coins, which is probably around 5,000 pounds of today's money. But that's like a different league altogether to the first debt that he owed. And we know what a servant one should do. We know what Matt should do there. He should embrace Daniel and say, I forgive you. You are free to go. Because that's what's happened to him. But instead, that scoundrel mercilessly throws him in jail 
I'm reading this story, my blood starts to boil. I don't know if yours did too. I'm getting angry here at the first servant. How, after he has been forgiven such a massive debt, can he not forgive that small debt? Has he forgotten what the master did for him? And yet the twist is that this is exactly what it's like for a Christian who will not forgive someone. See, God is like the king in that story. He has forgiven our astronomical debt. We have that that zillion pound debt to God because of sin. One that we can never pay off. We deserve death. And yet we get life. And the point of the story is obvious. Anyone who has been, been forgiven so much like us must forgive others. As forgiven people, Christians must forgive others. So uh, being able to forgive, well, it first comes from realizing how big our debt is toward God. Um, As Richard Cokin said, he said, it's an awareness of the horror of our own crimes against God that enables us to pardon the offenses of others. Once we realize how horrible our our, our sin is in God's sight, then we can pardon others. And that's what Jesus is talking about in Matthew 6, 14 and 15, uh, that our being forgiven depends on on us forgiving others. Like, forgiving others shows that we get how much God's forgiven us. And Christians who do not forgive others, well, it's like they've forgotten what God's done for them. It's like they've forgotten the cross. So we pray these words, reminding ourselves that as forgiven people, Christians must forgive others. And God here isn't asking us to do something that he wouldn't do. He's asking us to copy him. Jesus Christ died horribly. Jesus Christ died painfully. Jesus Christ died on the cross for us. He died to pay our astronomical debt toward God. And as he died, God forgave us. God wiped out that massive debt we owed from death to life. Through Jesus. And if we truly believe that amazing, staggering news, well, that's going to change how we treat others. As C.S. Lewis says, um, we'll start forgiving because to be a Christian is to forgive the inexcusable. Because God has forgiven the inexcusable in us. Because when we forgive, we're copying God. Colossians 3 says that we forgive as the Lord has forgiven us. So as forgiven people... Christians must forgive others. And then forgiving others is proof that we get what God's done for us. It's proof that we are who we say we are. Like this guy here. Um, Anyone know who he is? Anyone shout out? It's not. This is not messy. I tricked you there. Um, This is a messy lookalike who looks like messy. Messy the footballer, by the way. He looks like messy. uh, He's got the same beard as messy. He's wearing the same shirt as messy. But he is a fake. He's a messy lookalike. If we gave him a football, it would soon become clear this guy is not messy. He is not the real deal. And for Christians, as forgiven people, Christians must forgive others. So please don't be a Christian lookalike like this guy. Be the real deal. And real deal Christians, forgive. But forgiveness is hard, isn't it? So how do we forgive? Well, we look at Jesus and we can forgive others. 
We can forgive others, even if the pain is too deep. Because Jesus on the cross, he cried out, Father, forgive them. He forgave us. Our sins sent Jesus to the cross and still God forgave us. As we look to the cross, we can forgive others, even if the sin is a repeated pattern. There should be no limit to our forgiveness of others because there is no limit to God's forgiveness of us. We can mess up time and time and time again. God knows all our future sins we're going to do and still he sent Jesus. Still he forgives us. And Matthew 18 verse 22, Jesus says, I tell you, don't forgive seven times, but 77 times. His point is, stop counting and start forgiving. As we look to the cross, we can forgive others even if we think they don't deserve it. Because we don't deserve forgiveness. Romans 5 says, when we are still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. See, we were ungodly. The Bible says we were ungodly. We were enemies of God. We hated God. And still, Christ died for us. And as we look to the cross, we can forgive others even if it hurts us. Even if it costs us. Because that did not stop God forgiving us. It cost him his son and still he forgave us. So looking at Jesus is the way to forgive others. It's the only way to remove that bait being encrusted unforgiveness. And so saying these words in the Lord's Prayer, it's like saying, God, you forgave my wretched sin through Jesus. Help me to forgive others. And just a serious note about forgiveness. Um, forgiveness doesn't always mean that all broken relationships are restored to their previous condition. Like there are some hurts and some pains that need real wisdom. Or for example, if you've been cheated, or, or cheated on or abused by a wife or husband, we ask to God's strength to forgive, but that might not mean that everything goes back to normal. It might not mean it's wise to have that husband or wife in the house. Because some hurts require wisdom in how we deal with them, but all require forgiveness. As forgiven people, Christians must forgive others. And so a couple of things as we end to help us with forgiveness. Number one, confess daily. The more we confess our own sin, well, the more we'll see, uh, as Lizzie said, that we're no better than anyone else. The more we'll be able to forgive others. So confess daily. Number two, um, those people you thought about earlier, why not pray something positive about them? If you're struggling to con- con- uh, forgive someone, pray something positive. And you'll find your attitude towards them changes and you'll start being able to forgive them because you're praying for them. Uh, and number three, try something symbolic. Um, that stone for the activity pack users, why not go and throw that in the sea this afternoon? Like, lob it in the sea to remind yourselves that you're letting go of that, that, that hurt that someone's done against you. Or use a paper shredder and and write down what someone's done against you, the name of them, and then shred it to symbolize, you know what, I'm not going to hold on to it. And number four, above all, look at Jesus. Look at the cross so we never forget God's lavish forgiveness of us. And let that inspire us to forgive others. As forgiven people, Christians must forgive others. Let's pray. Father, help us to forgive. It is not easy. It is not hard. It is not, uh, it's not easy at all, Father. It's painful and costly. So help us to look to the cross, to look to your son, Jesus Christ, dying for us. And would that inspire us to forgive others?
Father, help us to never forget how much you've forgiven us. Amen.